plants thrive and grow in a peaceful, nourished environment, right? Well, it's the same with human beings. But what if that environment is not so peaceful? What if it's toxic? Welcome to Coffee Break, breaking the cycle of bullying in healthcare, one cup at a time. In this podcast, you'll get practical, evidence-based strategies to help you cultivate and sustain a healthy and respectful work culture by tackling an age-old problem in healthcare, bullying and incivility. I am your host, Dr. Renee Thompson. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to the Coffee Break podcast. We keep talking about this bullying and incivility in healthcare. We know that they happen because they can. And it really takes dedicated leaders like you to actually do something about it. And that's what this podcast is all about giving you the practical skills and tools to do something to stop the cycle of bullying and incivility. And today, as we wrap up November, you know, November's the gratitude month. Well, we get another opportunity to actually squash the badness by today talking about how you can grow the goodness. And I am beyond excited to welcome Sarah McVannell to the show. Sarah is a recognition expert. So Sarah, welcome to Coffee Break. Thanks for having me. I love your work and I'm so thrilled to be on this journey with you supporting healthcare leaders. Yes, thank you so much. I always see Sarah as like, we're kind of the yin and the yang. I focus on bad behavior and she focuses on good behavior. So we really make a great team together, great partnership. But to officially introduce Sarah, She is a recognition expert, a professional speaker, a coach, an author, a recovering perfectionist, and movement maker. She created FROG, okay, which means forever recognize others' greatness to really invigorate companies so that they can see their people as exceptional and together create a scrumptious, thriving culture where everyone feels like they belong. Sarah has more than 25 years of experience doing training, coaching, and leading teams. From her senior leadership role, she founded her boutique firm, Greatness Magnified. Proclaimed as the frog lady, which I love, she can be found (laughs) freaking out perfect strangers. Okay, now this is in a good way. By handing out (laughs) these squishy frogs, which I have my squishy frogs, and asking them, (laughs) have you been frogged lately? and then acknowledging their greatness. She's a certified senior organizational development professional, a professional certified coach, and certified human resource leader. She is one of 1,500 certified speaking professionals worldwide. She has a bachelor's in psychology, a master's in family relationships, and diplomas in human resources and healthcare administration. And I just have to say, I've known Sarah now for about the last five or six years, She is probably one of the most positive human beings I have ever met in my Mm. life. And just, it's infectious, just the positivity. And she does. The kind, the good kind of infectious? Yes. The good kind? The good infectious, (laughs) not the bad infectious. We have to be careful. Yes, we do. Healthcare folks. And it's just an all around amazing human being that I know you're just going to love the conversation that we have together today. So Sarah, just can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you stepped into this recognition focus. I'd love to hear that. 
Well, it, it, the birthplace was healthcare. So yeah. this is why we vibe with each other, my yes, friend. This is our roots. I had the good fortune. My very first job in hospital was as a hospital educator. And given that my background is psychology, I got a chance to go in and help build a recovery-based philosophy with non-clinical providers. In other words, the people who spent sometimes more time with patients and clients than the actual nursing staff. Yeah. Of course, nursing staff would way rather spend more time doing that than, of course, charting and things. We won't talk about That's that. True. The point is, I mean, from, yes, true, hashtag facts. So my whole career really started with trying to find ways to serve, trying to find ways to help the providers and the, the partners of the providers to be able to deliver exceptional care. And anytime I went into a team where things were falling apart, and that this, by the way, became formalized in my role in hospitals, was to go in and do those team interventions, which again, is why we get each other, right. Renee, and why I know your work is so important. We found, and I'm curious if you have found the same thing, when recognition is not present, it is fertile soil for bullying, incivility, lack of collaboration, and generally throwing people under the bus and tall poppy syndrome. Whereas if you have appreciation, recognition, believing people are doing the best they can, being curious, good listener, tuning into each other, right. it's very hard to create fertile soil for incivility when people see, hear, and value each other. Right, because if all they see is the negative, if all they hear are people complaining about other people and they don't see, I always look at what does the leader focus on or the leaders, the leadership mm -hmm. team? If there's a constant reminder to their team about the metrics that they're not needing or the problems mm -hmm. that they're having. And I know that it's easy to fall into that trap. But if we're not tipping that balance with recognizing accomplishments, recognizing even progress that we're making as mm -hmm. a team, you're so right. It's just negativity breeds more negativity. And the people who may not have been uncivil before, all of a sudden, they start to become mm -hmm. more disruptive. And they actually end up becoming, I think, a little bit more cruel, because that's the environment that's that they're in. And so I love that you actually go in and you help teams create a recognition rich environment. So can you tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about what that what does that mean? It means that everyone feels that their work matters and that they belong. And that includes the leaders. Yes, because when you're describing that we need to celebrate and recognize progress and effort and impact, the leaders need to feel valued as well by each other, by their the people who report to them. I mean, goodness knows, is there any industry with such a big span of control? Nope. Is there any industry out there where that many people report to one person mm -hmm. I, and, and are responsible for millions of dollars? The most complicated equipment do not have a say in all the things that they are ultimately responsible for. It just, we literally are not setting our leaders up in healthcare for success. And I come from Canada. We like to rave about our healthcare yeah. system. And it's pretty great. Mm -hmm. And we, so many of the similar issues, right? So part of what I think can happen for leaders right away is to recognize your team are actually your peers. So start by recognizing each other. It seems like we need to start by recognizing our members, our direct reports. And that is right. true. We need to do that. We can talk about different ways to recognize. We can get into that next. But may I just say, often what we forget about is we need to recognize the other leaders 
so that they don't feel alone and isolated in their own island. I want to do a hallelujah. I, I want to do a, a major like, because yes, we focus so much on equipping the leaders with the skills and tools that they need to cultivate a, you know, a healthy work culture with their team. But what we also find is that there's a general lack of leaders not feeling appreciated, leaders not feeling recognized and not being given even a, you know, a simple pat on the back for the progress that they're making. And we're working with a, a very large group of leaders right now in our certification program. And one of the leaders started in this program, very um, he had a rough culture, really did not have what I would say the leadership skills to turn this culture around, but through the program that he's in, learned those skills. And he has okay. had so many aha moments. He has made such great progress that we wanted to highlight him in an upcoming either e-blast or magazine that we write. And you know what he said, but I haven't done anything yet. Like, I don't know that I'm worthy yeah. of being recognized. Mm -hmm. And I'm paraphrasing what he said. And I said, are you kidding me? You have made mm -hmm. incredible progress. Yes, you're not where you, you need to be yet. However, you need to celebrate the progress that you've made. And, and we don't do that, Sarah. We don't. No, we don't. And we are a whole industry full of high achievers. And good mm. thing. You don't want somebody saying, you know what? Sure, I'll operate on your leg. And I'm pretty attuned. You know, I'll do my best. I've watched a good video about that before. Yes. <laughs> you know, accreditation comes along. You're like, you know what? I just want to see. I just want to maybe a good old 60%. Yeah, I'm going to be fine. No, we, we want 100%. The stakes are too high. And yet we, you and I both know that the patient safety literature shows that we are the highest incident industry. Yeah. One of the ways in which we can honor and acknowledge that there is, it's very high stakes. And also if we ignore the problems, it's like, there's a reason why we have a surgical safety checklist right. because we needed mm -hmm. one. Like imagine if we had an acknowledgement and appreciation anti-civility checklist, oh. each shift. I'm kind of thinking we should. I was just going to say, what do you think? Hmm. hmm. Maybe we should put hmm. something together because incivility, as I said earlier, it happens because it can. And without bringing yes. awareness and reminding people. I always say you have to, whatever role you have in healthcare, you also have to be a chief reminding officer, reminding people. <laughs> yes. That's so good. Isn't it true though? Because it can't just be a one and done. Yes. Not a chief nagging no. officer. No. Okay. Yeah. Let's <laughs> no. be clear. Chief reminding. <laughs> let's yes. Be Friendly nudge. Reminding. Okay. And a chief coaching officer and a chief empathy officer and a chief curiosity officer, when we show up with people, yes. then all of the roles that we have are in partnership. Because then if you have to be the chief nagging officer, yeah. then talk about responsibility on your shoulders. I think Brene Brown talks about that as over-functioning. Mm. We feel like we need to fix it. And granted, there is a lot that is 100% in the manager's responsibility and director's yeah. responsibility. I get that. And so much of what you and I know and that contributes to a respectful, safe, physically safe, psychologically safe environment is literally in the hands of every single person in that yep, unit. It's not just one person. Um, I mean, it's not just the nurse. It's not one person. It's not just the manager. It's not just the physician or the, so it's everyone plays a role yeah. in that yeah. culture. And this is one of the things that I think when we step back 
which I know, I appreciate that that sounds nice and it's not always easy to do. I just, when if we're in points of struggle, you're in struggle so that you might as well take a step back. And uh, here's something that I would invite every leader to do. Go and dig up a thank you card. You may have a box of them. You may have them in your office. You may not have looked at them in a long time, but let's face it, every single leader who's listening to this will have a thank you card that they've received. Mm -hmm. And it was written by somebody who cared enough about them, was valued them enough that, that this leader made such an impact, maybe at a phase and at a time when they were feeling more resourceful. Maybe they're in a context that was, had less, less struggle for them as a, as an individual, as a professional. Read what is in that thank you card, because that is your greatness leader. That is the truth. So you may be feeling unresourceful and there's so many things that you can't control. And there's so much that's demanded and expected of you, some of which reasonable, some of which isn't. And it's hard. We don't get stuck in that. It's not fair. I can't do anything right. This is unattainable. And it's still what the job requires. So go and see what other people have said about your greatness. So we often talk about giving recognition. In this conversation, I think let's talk about receiving and re-receiving recognition that we've had as leaders. Maybe that's remind, being a chief reminding officer of our own greatness. And it, it's so funny yes. we're talking about that. I have two places I have in my space. Um, one of them mm-hmm. is an email folder that I actually, okay, I don't know if I should admit this. Um, it's, I titled it Love Me, okay? And when I get ah! a really great email from someone who recognizes the work that I'm doing, I just, I put okay. it in there. And then I have a box yes. where I keep some cards that exactly to your point, somebody wrote me a card, mm-hmm. they recognized me. I, some of them are from when I taught nursing school. I was at some faculty. I love student nurses. And some of them are from my students. Yet, Sarah, I think I'm like many of us where we don't look at the things that we're good at or the positive impact that we've made. We still, we tend to look at things from the lens of where we are and we're not where we want to be or deficits or I'm not there yet. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to, I'm going to go through my love me folder tonight. And I'm going to, well, yeah. those cards and I'm going to read them. And I think it's a great reminder to do that every now and then, especially when we're being a little too hard on ourselves. And those folks who wrote those, they took the time right. to write them. Think of it like this is a way of showing reverse appreciation to them. Yeah. They may or may not know that you're ever going to read their note again. Now, I'm sure people expect that notes are going to be held on to. Similarly, emails. I also have a kudos folder, although I think I may change it to a love me I like folder. Love me. I like love that me. idea. Somebody loves me. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Just please, <laughs> please, somebody love me someday. That's you know, and, love, and love ourself, right? Yes. Self-kindness is treat others the way you would treat a friend. Right. So why wouldn't we self-recognize? Why wouldn't we recognize ourselves the way we would recognize somebody else? So it's a great habit to get into, to look at that. In fact, I'll give another tip for you and all of your listeners as well. Use your thank you cards as bookmarks because leaders in healthcare are constantly reading, learning, growing. If you're taking your Masters of Nursing and you've got a textbook, stick that in there because goodness knows how you're juggling your full-time job and also being a student and you're constantly reading. You're going to think, I'm not doing anything well. So stick your appreciation reminder right in there. Show some love to yourself. So before you even crack that textbook, 
you see somebody believed in me and maybe you want to strategically decide which card. Ah. Maybe the one from Renee versus the one from Ashley is the one that you want to put in there because she talks about how you are an unwavering, constant learner. And Ashley being Ashley being as lovely as he is, maybe his one was about your persistence. So maybe you're going to switch him out on a week. You're not feeling very persistent. Again, you know, it puts you into this more resourceful place, which means you are more likely to frog. You're more likely to forever recognize others' greatness because the greatness reflection is in your world. So, and then here's one more extension. Would you like one more extension? Please. Go and tell that person, because you're probably connected with them on LinkedIn. And if not, now's the perfect time to say, I just pulled out your thank you note and you had shared with me such and such. I needed, so I really needed to hear that because I'm going to school or because mm-hmm. I've just taken a new promotion because my team's going through a hard time and I'm trying to write the ship where there's, I've inherited a team with incivility for years. And then the person who wrote you the thank you note will feel good all over again. And they're more likely yeah. to keep writing the thank you note. Oh my gosh. I just, I'm a little bit in love with this whole notion of recognition. Well, and, I, I don't know if you can tell. Uh, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Because we're in a, <laughs> we're in a recognition deficit right now. And yes. I had this happen and at a conference. And then I tried it at a conference when I was speaking where the speaker was talking about gratitude and asked the audience, is there somebody who's made a difference in your life? Think about who that mm-hmm. person is. And everybody thought and you know, gave some other descriptors. Have you told this person? And they say, pull out your cell phone, text this person right now. You have made a difference in my life because. And I tried that at a conference that I spoke at recently. And I actually had people coming up to me saying that they got an immediate response from that person with just this outpouring of love and appreciation. And I just thought, I have just done a tiny, tiny bit in helping to move the needle a little farther along the path of goodness. Just again, we think all these positive thoughts about people, but we don't always articulate it in a way that makes sure that, that person knows we feel this way about them. And there's nobody better than you and being able to do this. And we share your research all the time. Seriously, all the time. If you're a listener and you've also been in our community, you know how we talk about how employees want to feel appreciated, say thank you, something specific, thank you cards. That's Sarah's work. So Sarah, can you talk a little bit about that, the research that you've done and how employees really want to feel appreciated? Yeah. Back when I was writing my very first book while I was still working as a senior leader in healthcare at the same time of writing a book just before moving into my new role, which by the way, I would still be in healthcare. I just love it so much. The only reason why I left is because one of my kids had a mental health crisis and I had to be full-time available to them. Good news is, listeners, he's doing great. He's he's adulting, which of course, Woo. it's never an easy straight line. Yeah. What I can say is he's well. So that's, that was, a ha- and I was incredibly supported by my senior team colleagues to help me transition into this next world. And I'm just so grateful for them. When I was writing my first book, We had to find a way of validating what we had been seeing for the last 15 years. So it is kind of those moments of truth with yourself that you say, well, can I actually prove it? I mean, if I'm going to stand in front of a hundred or thousands of people, somebody is hopefully is going to ask me, well, do you have any data on Mm -hmm. that? 
they're going to call. I hope that they do, right? Especially healthcare folks. You're evidence-based. Show me the evidence. Show me the evidence. Show me the evidence. Show me the money. Show me the evidence. So what we did is we went to an engagement survey company that has most of their clients are healthcare, municipalities. So, you know, it's government and not-for-profits. And we said, okay, take a look at your entire database. Every single data point that you have. So they have a quarter of a million data points just waiting for some nosy person from Niagara Wayne country, Ontario, plus nosy Canadians to say, hey, can we poke around the data with you? And we went fishing. So all of our scientific folks will know this is not actual scientific methodology. This is after the fact, we're fishing around. And what we found is when, we, when they isolated out the 20 least satisfied teams with recognition, And they analyze those through regression analysis to the ones that are the 20 most satisfied. There was a huge statistically significant difference Mm -hmm. in intention to stay, overall engagement, (laughs) valuing your leader, satisfied with your leader, trust, yeah, trust in the organization as a whole, continuous improvement, innovation. And I mean, the difference was not a little bit. The difference was if you had low satisfaction with recognition, innovation, continuous improvement might be 37%. You feel recognized, it's 75%. Wow. And why? I mean, it makes so much right. sense. If I feel like my voice matters and I don't have to worry that I'm going to be knocked down a peg you know, mm-hmm. through incivility, mm-hmm. right? I feel valued for my, to, for calling it out, for challenging, for asking the questions, for doing a, a little bit of extra work and for my new novel ideas. Then, of course, I'm going to share them. Same with when you think about, your best boss ever versus the people you would never work for again. I know uh-huh. I've worked for Satan's mother. I have. I would pay money not to work for her ever again. Good decision. <laughs> so no. I can, she's my news of what not to be. No. And my other leaders who are great, they're my news of what to be. So it makes perfect sense that the data would tell us if you want to keep great people, you want to, you want people to trust you as a leader. You want people to trust you as an organization. And you want people to give their discretionary effort and their time. And then you want them to innovate. You have to appreciate. Right. Yeah. And so, and there's one million other studies we can talk about. We may run out of time. No, it's just the tip of the that's iceberg. I always say there, there's yeah. so much evidence out there. We could spend all day and all night just sharing the studies that show the importance of something like recognition. However, Sarah... Okay, let's talk about some of the common ways employees are recognized that maybe isn't the best way versus better ways. So can can we talk about the pizza? Can we talk about pizza? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of our infection prevention and control people would be very thrilled if we mentioned, don't bring the box of donuts, stick them in the middle of the workstation, yes. because not only is that not safe, <laughs> but seriousness though, like even if you brought in the box of donuts, what's the likelihood that the person who's gluten-free on a diet, yep. trying to watch their health because they're in a diabetes unit and oh, look, we brought in donuts. <laughs> Off message. Yep. And some people can't eat them. The next shift, they get the stale ones or they didn't get it. So are you going to come in and give the Night, night shift donuts right. and I just slap it in the, in the room or are you going to have the same pet? So there's a lot of challenges with a 24-7 organization. It's also often seen not as very fiscally responsible because if I've now just had to run around my medicine unit and have to borrow the same 
pressure cuffs and, and we're all wiping them down just so that we could all share them and be safe. And yet you bring in $500 or even $50 worth of pizza. Yeah. Somebody who's so frustrated that moment about lack of equipment, they're going to say, are you, you got to be right. kidding me, right? So that's one thing. It's just not practical. No, and it's not also on message with everybody right. being and included. House. Number two. Yeah. Ha- mm-hmm. Yeah. Number two, it's kind of stale, no pun intended. It's not new. People need novelty. We need fresh. We would not provide medicine the way we did 15 years ago. So we can't be showing recognition the way we did 15 years ago too. And what is included in that, see, your pet peeve is the pizza and the donuts. My pet peeve is only long service awards. Uh When when we look at where we spend most of our money... Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Bring it on. When you you bring it on. When you have folks who are not even necessarily going to be nurses or other providers for life, first of all, you already have a strategy that doesn't work. There is a time when people would really value getting their pay. Right. They value the milestones. And I'm not minimizing all the folks who are still committed to a lifelong career in healthcare. So we don't want to take that away. It's just how many of the organizations you work for are in such a budget crisis that fancy thing that their grandmother or their mother would have gotten or their their father has now become this like cheap watch mm-hmm. or, or duffel bag, pin, duffel not bag. even with the cubic zirconia. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Wow. Nothing says thank you so much for putting in the last 15 years of your life like a tote bag. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> I feel bad if anybody's listening, like, oh, my God, I just gave my employees a tote bag. But so, so I guess don't feel bad. It's just that's the way we've always done it. Or because you have a, a budget right now that doesn't afford the opportunity to give something nicer, we resort to things like that. But it's just not the best decision. I don't want to bag shaming. Yes, no, no bag I'm not shaming. I don't want to bag or shaming. Or pizza shaming. No. In, I love pizza, fact, but no pizza <laughs> shaming either. No pizza shaming, no donut shaming. No, and again, it's, people are well-meaning. It's not yeah. like somebody wakes up and they're like, hmm, how could I waste our budget and make people feel the least appreciated but spend a lot of time and effort doing it? it that's not it at all. It's no. just but you and I have the benefit of being outside. Right. And, and I work with every sector now. I, I don't just work in healthcare. So I see how other people are doing it. So again, this is seeing things from multiple vantage points. Right. I want to give you some other ideas about what we could do. I mean, by all means, have the event. Ask people though, what would they like that long service event to look like? I, I remember the last role I had where our team was responsible for putting that on. We even noticed, and this was 10 years ago, people asking for a very different thing. We were going to the same Holiday Inn with the same rubber chicken dinner <laughs> and people, mm-hmm. if you had a certain year of service, you could bring your partner or your bestie. But if you didn't, you couldn't. And the CEO would stand up and they do this mm-hmm. stiff shake. And, and half the people didn't even want to be on the stage. Like it was so embarrassing to them to yeah. walk in front of other people. So we could even see that it wasn't real. And some people didn't come because they felt like it was forced. It was fake. Yep. They had to work. Mm-hmm. So here's what the what I wish that we had done. And we would, had I still been there, we would have, we were moving in this direction is I would say, so how do you want to celebrate long service? Get with gifts. This is how much money I would have brought staff together yeah. and done a little micro deep dive on it. Here's transparently, here's our budget. Here's our numbers of how many people are 25, 30, 40, all the way along. Here's what we've been doing in the past. What could we do? Here's our budget. Right. 
Here's what we've been doing. What would you like to see? And just build it together. And then when you try something, you can say, hey, organization, we've been working with these people. Put their pictures up in the email that goes out or the post or whatever and say, we're lucky enough that this person and show diversity, show diversity yep. of tenure, mm-hmm. diversity of, across the organization and say, here's what we're going to try. Because healthcare is all about trying experimentation, yep. try and experiment. And then if people say, I never liked the bags anyway. You're like, oh, good. Because if I had been the one to take away the bags, somebody would have wanted the bag. You and I would have said, what? Mm-hmm. Where's my dope yes. So make it a we, make it a we. Um, maybe yeah. people don't want to have a dinner. Maybe they feel kind of, what doesn't work with the workforce crisis? Nobody can get coverage. Maybe they prefer barbecue. Perhaps they'd like to combine it with the volunteer event. What about the doctors? Do they have an appreciation event? Should we invite them? Should we combine right. it? Every organization may be a little bit different. So look at what's not working as an invitation to experiment mm-hmm. and then be super transparent about it. Just please, nobody totally cut your budget because that also speaks volumes. Yes, like that people don't feel valued. You have to do something. And I, and tell me, because I'm sure that you've got some research on this mm. that you've seen. But I think what's most meaningful, I know for me personally, is when I'm recognized for something specific that I've done. And for that to be recognized, not just, hey, you've been here for 25 years. It's been here for 25 years and maybe have a little collection of testimonials Mm -hmm. from your coworkers or something that's specific to me. And I, I just yes. think that's so yes. much more powerful and people appreciate that more and feel more valued than, as you said, even a dinner or a, a gift because as budgets have and I, other industries, not healthcare, but I know some other industries, yeah. somebody's been employed there for 20 years, they get a cruise. They get to go on a right. cruise. They get to bring their whole families. I don't think that, I remember in healthcare when I was a new nurse, I got a turkey once for Thanksgiving and I was so happy about that because I didn't have any money at the time, but I was yeah. like, a turkey? Right. Oh my gosh, I mean, I right. my family for the next couple of weeks. It was so big. Yeah, Just yes. mindful. So Sarah, in, in your expertise, what are maybe two or three easy ways that leaders can recognize their employees in a way that is meaningful to them? So this actually beautifully fits in with what you were just talking Mm -hmm. about, how to make it affordable and also how do we make sure it's fresh and more relevant to today. The research shows that 95% of people say, just tell me, thank you. How many, and if you're that one, as I'm sure you are a visible leader, you probably aren't as visible as you'd love to be. However, when you see and catch people doing something right, wow, I've been here for three minutes and I've heard you do two patient identifiers three times. Thank you so much for leading your role yep. modeling that. So notice it. Yes, it's expected, but notice it, acknowledge it. At the end of your email, sign off. When you're sending an email, thanks specifically. Don't just say thanks or cheers. What are you thanking them for? Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for covering when we're so short staff. Whatever that right. thing, make it specific. It, it, you're going to send the email anyway. Asking people for their opinions. You may not be able to implement everything to say, give me your ideas. And then we're going to come right back as my last suggestion, come right back to where we started, the thank you note. Because that nurse or medical device reprocessing or physician or whoever it is will no doubt hold on to it for the rest of their career. And who knows who they're going to tell, 
who they're going to show it to. It may inspire them to go and recognize somebody. And you can still leverage what you were just talking about with including other people too. Because if you have got somebody, let's use the long service example, and then we'll wrap up this because I know we could talk forever. But I just want to give like pull a whole bunch of ideas together as we wrap up. Just yesterday, I was speaking for a group of healthcare leaders. And what the cool, the lady that came up to me at the end, she said, here's my next step. I'm going to write a thank you to every one of my staff. I'm going to send an email out now asking people to tell me three people that you appreciate and why. And then I'm going to send out to three of our closest teams, departments that we work with and say, who do you work with and who do you value and why? And then she was going to go out to her customers and say, who are three people or three roles that you've experienced one. And then she's going to put those together and before the end of the year. So here it is, you and I are, are doing this. We're filming it in October for a November mm-hmm. episode. So she will, in before the end of the yeah. year, she's going to give it to people before the end of the year. She's got two months of prep right. time. But you know what? You stretch it out and she's getting, and that she will write the note. And then inside it, what I said to her is, snip it, snip all these different acknowledgements and put it in the card. Oh my gosh. It's, that's beautiful. Easy. easy to do. So incredibly meaningful. Mm-hmm. I always have cards and my routine is every Sunday, my goal is to write three cards. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's either my team, my clients, people in my community, mm-hmm. it could be people in my family, my friends, but three cards. That's kind of my thing every yeah. single week send it out to someone, but you've taken that with this leader to the next level. I love the whole asking your employees to tell three people and what you value about them or in some way what you appreciate about them. I think that's so powerful. And oh my gosh, it's, wouldn't you say it's pretty much free? The only thing you have is the cost of a card, which you can get them in bulk. Super easy. And if people say they don't want the tote bags, it's cheaper to get the, <laughs> maybe, but you know what, maybe your foundation has cards because they have, yes. like, you don't right. even have to necessarily go out and buy them or create them new. Right. Use, use resources that you already have. Right. And, and people don't care about it being a fancy card. You could literally take cardstock and fold it in half. Um, I had a leader once who went out to her sister. This is a charge nurse and an OR. Her sister was a kindergarten mm. teacher. And she said to her sister, hey, could you have all your students make cards for Nurses Week? Oh, my gosh. So the kids made the cards and then the charge nurse got the kids cards and she wrote a little like one sentence for each nurse. You would not believe how excited these nurses were. So, I mean, it was construction paper and random kids that nobody ever would meet. And the kids loved it. Because they love nurses. Oh my gosh. You know, get creative. That is so brilliant. I'll tell you what, Sarah, this episode is chock full of just tip after tip after tool after strategy to even just get you started on that path of recognizing your employees and your colleagues, other leaders in your organization. And even, we. so we talked about this So I look at the leader in the middle. So uh, a downward recognition of your employees, a lateral recognition with each other, but even an upward recognition. How often do you think the chief nursing officer gets 
a card of appreciation from anyone in that organization or the chief medical officer or the chief human resource officer. Wow. Just imagine to create an, an organizational culture where recognition is a habit, I think. It's a beautiful thing. It, it really is. Mm-hmm. And I cannot it's thank something enough. everybody can influence, right? No matter yes. what, what level of leadership, you recognize one person, they're more likely to do it as well. So if you want your CEO or chief nursing officer to be recognizing people more, recognize them now. Right. Because you've just created a, a role modeling. You've created a, oh, right, I should do that. That felt so good to get that. Yeah, I want to feel good by doing it, by paying that forward. Yeah. I just, I think it's a great, to wrap up here, what about this notion? You can actually help to navigate your own workplace satisfaction and burnout leaders by leveraging recognition. Because all you need to do is write that one card, send that one message, send that one text, and you immediately feel better. Your yummy endorphin hit mm-hmm. by feeling and that connection hormone, right? The oxytocin flows. So why not? Why not do something that makes you feel good by making somebody else feel good? Because after all, that's why we chose to be care providers, right? Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. And working in healthcare is difficult at best. But just by, I think, adopting some of your strategies, we can make it a whole lot easier and a whole lot better. Because I always say we have in important work to do. And even going back to where you talked about fertile ground for incivility, if you really want to create that foundation where incivility is immediately rejected, start by Mm -hmm. looking at recognition. And and I just love it. And I can't thank you enough, Sarah, for being on the show today. And all right. So there's going to be a lot of things in the show notes. I'm going to send you the, you can connect with Sarah on LinkedIn. We'll have a link to her website, a link to all of her books. And oh, speaking of books, I always like to ask our guests, what are you reading and what book would you recommend for the leaders who are listening? I love Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. I've literally read so many books. I have so many books to recommend, but that one I think is really helpful because as much as we are all care professionals, not a lot of us um, have spent a lot of time understanding and using the language of feelings and emotions and understanding how they're similar and different. In fact, sometimes we are shunned and criticized for being too emotional or too sensitive and so forth. So it's a great resource for folks to understand how emotions and feelings cluster together, really healthy ones and not so healthy. So I recommend that book to us, to everyone, because it kind of relates to what we do, right? What clusters with shame and criticism, right? Like in the incivility side, what clusters with joy and acknowledgement? So I think if folks haven't read it, I would even actually recommend listening to it because Renee herself reads it and kind of get bonus insights from her when you listen to it. I love it. Thank you for that. I actually haven't read it yet. Believe it or not, it's on Mm -hmm. my list. I just haven't gotten to it yet. So I might have to move it up on my list. And let me Mm -hmm. just think, don't you have a book? That's coming out. I think maybe you have a new book. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I just, I love being able to serve the world through writing. And I never thought I was a writer. Isn't that funny? I don't know if you saw yourself as a writer, Renee, and yet you've got many books too. I still don't see myself (laughs) as a writer. We're still in a writing writer as we're releasing all these books. Yeah. I wrote a book at the beginning of COVID, released June 2020 for healthcare leaders called Rockstar magnifier greatness in times mm-hmm. of change. And Rockstar stands for recognize, organize, communicate, and kindness. Because when we 
rock as a leader with recognition, organization, communication, kindness, we get the results. We get star results, satisfaction, teamwork, a sense of achievement, and of course, retention. So what the latest book is one for women leaders because I serve many female-dominated industries and sometimes specifically women's conferences Mm -hmm. and appreciation events. That's it. It's the rock star for health leaders that led to the healthcare for women leaders. And it was a lot of fun writing writing those books. Well, I read your... Those are kind of like my love letters to my favorite Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I I read your rock star book when it came out a couple of years ago. So I cannot wait to read this one because I love that first one. So thank you so much, Sarah. Um, Thank you for all of your great work that you're doing and really creating these recognition-rich cultures out there, which ultimately helps to make not only healthcare a better place, but the world a better place. So, oh my gosh, I'm a huge fan. And I hope that if you're listening to this right now, even if you just implement one of Sarah's strategies, you're going to make your department better. And as she said, you're going to feel good about the work that you do too. So thank you so much, Sarah. My pleasure. Thank you. It's been a privilege. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and doing your part to stop the cycle of bullying and incivility in healthcare. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to Coffee Break, breaking the cycle of bullying in healthcare one cup at a time. If you found these practical strategies helpful, we invite you to click the subscribe button and tune in every other week. For more information about our show and how we work with healthcare organizations to cultivate and sustain a healthy work culture free from bullying and incivility, visit healthyworkforceinstitute.com. Until our next cup of coffee, be kind, take care, and stay connected.